We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. This week on the Garage Beers Podcast, it is officially episode 50. We're halfway to 100. And on this 50th episode of the Garage Beers Podcast, we're really excited. We got a great special guest, uh, defensive back played for the team for several years. Corey Fuller is joining us. Uh, Corey's coaching high school football now. We're excited to look back on his time with the Orange and Brown. Plus, we're going to talk a little bit about the Cavs. Uh, we've got our Garage Beers of the Week. We've got our three cheers of the week and so much more. So come on up the driveway, pull out your favorite lawn chair, crack open a cold one, and join us for Garage Beers. And welcome on in, everybody, to episode 50. That's right, 50 episodes, halfway to 100 but not halfway to anything close to us being done. Uh, it is episode 50 of the Garage Beers podcast. Go find the show online at The Garage Beers, Twitter and Instagram. You can also find us on TikTok. You can find us on Facebook, uh, really any of your favorite social media sites. With you, as always, uh, for this really exciting show, episode 50 is going to be a lot of fun. we got a great special guest. we got some new segments we're going to do. But with you, as always, I am Michael Keefe. Go find me at Garage Beers Mike. And joining me over on the east side of Cleveland, uh, the the one and only, the very handsome at Garage Beers, Chad. It's Chad Meyer. What's going on, Chad? Hey, hey, boys! I'm about to crack an egg of knowledge over your heads right now. Ooh, yeah, gross. You ready for this? Yeah, <laughs> my uh, oh no! By the end, you're gonna have a delicious breakfast of knowledge. Uh, so the word of the day here is hyperthymesia. Right, hyperthymesia. That's it. That's it. Mm -hmm. I, it sounds like an ointment, I think. But uh, what it is is it's a condition. This is one of my customers told me they had this today, and only like sixty-five people have it in the world. But um, the one of my customers said they have it, and it's a condition where you vividly remember all of the details of your life. Like you remember exactly like what day, what time what people were wearing, what, uh, you know, what, what was said, what, I, I, I don't know who farted like 15 minutes into the count, like whoever, like, like, like all those vivid details. So apparently my customer is going to remember this like 50 years from now. So they're going to say, Oh, uh, Chad delivered me my container uh, as he was wearing yada, yada, yada. He was super sexy. And you know, that was it. And that was it. 
The more you know doom, with Chad doom, Meyer. Doom. I, just, I just I just did the check mark like 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 the stars are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Chad. So you're you're over there. I'm proud of you, man. You're over there putting multisyllabic words together. Yeah. You're yeah. I I put the vocabularizing. Yeah. Well, it's not a word, Mike. It's not a word. I yeah, but it makes me feel like like George W. You're vocabularizing. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, very cool. I'm glad you're teaching us things. I'm excited to learn more from you. Uh, I think we should do a weekly word of the day or word of the week with Chad. <laughs> Next Deal. week, Chad's going to be like, I learned a new word today. Uh, one of my customers, customers told me it's called dog. And apparently <laughs> it's a furry animal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Chad. So uh, Chad's doing good. He's learning. His head is getting bigger. We didn't think that was possible. Uh, down in Nashville, Tennessee, jumping on in. We got, find him online at Garage Beers Joe. It's Joey Whalen. What's up, Joe? That reminds me of how, like, much I rely on, like, autocorrect nowadays. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, uh, I, I really don't think I would type coherent emails or text messages uh, if it weren't for autocorrect. And, like, you know those times where, like, it doesn't work? Or yes. there's, there's something in your phone where it's just like, no, like, you're on your own today. Like, um, every time I try to type the word fucking. Pretty much. And you get I never mean ducking. I never mean ducking. <laughs> I never want word. to say the word ducking. Well, it is a word, but it's not at all in this context. Right. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, you know, that's pretty much it. <laughs> I just, I, you know, as, as the, as the, uh, the highest intellectual uh, uh, being right. on the show, right. um, I'm proud to say that I learned a new word, Chad. So, jeez. Yeah. Right. Thank right. you. Well, I'm catching up. I'm catching up to you real quick there, Joe. Just wait. And see how many other conditions I learned. <laughs> conditions. <laughs> you should learn the ones you have first. Uh, good news for you, Joe. Uh, I've noticed that your house is standing. You haven't fallen into yeah. a sinkhole? Yeah, we haven't fallen in. I, they, they say it was a septic tank that shifted underneath the house or something like that. What a load of shit. What? Yeah. What? Oh! oh. <laughs> but it's That's an it. incredible Good night, time. everybody. It is an incredible time to be a renter, not a homeowner, because it's going to be expensive <laughs> to fix. <laughs> all right, man. Well, Joe's just giving himself all the compliments for being smart over there. Chad is learning words, uh, and I'm ready for an exciting episode 50. Uh, coming up in just a little bit, we've got uh, former Cleveland Brown, uh, one of the original from 1999 Cleveland Browns, uh, Corey Fuller's joining us. Going to talk about his time with the Browns. Going to talk about this year's Browns and, and so much more. Uh, we, we're also going to get into some Cavs talk, some other fun stuff. But before we get to any of that, we have got our favorite segment of the week. It is our Garage Beers of the Week. And to kick us off on Garage Beers of the Week this week, we're going to send it back to Nashville. Joe, what's your Garage Beer of the Week? That's me. Um, hey. Come to you from Nolensville, Tennessee. We have Mill Creek Brewing Company. I think I might have had them on before. Um, This is their Necessary Trouble. Uh, What is it? Oatmeal Stout. It's all right. It's pretty good. It's uh, it's a very dark beer. Uh, I would I would expect like maybe like a little more like body to the drink of it, but it it drinks pretty light and smooth. So um, you know. Not, definitely not uh, in my top echelon of beers, but I would definitely buy it again. 
Well, that's good. A, a yeah. repeater is a repeater is always a good thing. If yeah. you buy it again and enjoy it again, that's a good thing. I've had Wait, much then. worse beers on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you have. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Give us the name of the brewery and the beer again. Mill Creek Brewing Company, and the beer is Necessary Trouble. Mill Creek Brewing Company, love it. All right. So Mill Creek from Tennessee. Go over to the east side here, Chad Meyer. What are you drinking for your garage beer of the week? That repeater will get you every time. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Um, so this is a pro- another product of me not doing the shopping. Uh, but I'm going with Elysian, 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 yep. Elysian Brewing Company this time, and it's their Contact Haze, Hazy IPA. Ooh, that's going to be a little juicy. That's going to be juicy. I don't know what to expect, but I'm hoping for the best and obviously expecting the worst. Here we go. <laughs> You're so stupid. Oh, okay. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad. Had a little bit of a piney aftertaste. You know, that awfulness that is usually in an IPA, <laughs> but it like, but it came, it, it like it, it like snuck up on you, and then you were like, "Oh God, this is gonna be bad. This is gonna be bad." But then it went away, so it's not bad. It's not bad. Uh, you come, you come it, a long way, Chad. Yeah, I'll we're give watching a, you grow. You're learning words, and you're yeah. drinking decent beers. We're watching you grow up right in front of us. He can be taught. Uh, four <laughs> out of ten. That's what I'm gonna four give it. Four out of ten. God, that's <laughs> I hate you so much. I hate you. You don't know good beer. <laughs> I think it's Elysian, actually. I think it's Elysian Brewery, but we could, get, we could get a fact check that. I like Elysian. You like Elysian? Uh, you have Elysian? Yeah. That's gross. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> Elysian. Hey, Elysian Brewery, if you're listening to this. Oh, uh, is there a U in it? No. No, E. Elysian Brewery, of course, you're probably listening to this. Uh, if you want to give us a, a, you know, just a confirmation that I'm saying that right. And then if you want to, you know, if you feel like being a partner of the show, just uh, reach out to Chad, Joey, or myself. We'll get that taken yeah. care of. Yeah, exactly. All right. So Elysian over there. Joe's got one from Nashville, Mill Creek. Uh, I'm bringing it back here. Uh, Fathead's Brewery. Uh, and this is a really good one. This is one. So uh, here's a beer story for you for this week. I was going to hang out over at the in-laws, Joey's parents' house. And I went to the little, it used to be the drive through beverage off 611 out in Avon, but now it's just a normal like beer store. And I go in and I'm like, I'm just, you know, I can't show up empty handed. We're going to hang out, whatever. I go in and I buy a couple of four packs of beer or like I pick up a couple four packs, two, four mm-hmm. packs of beer. I get up to the register. The guy's like $41. What? Like, that's, <laughs> eight, that's eight beers. What? For $41. Where were they? Like, and, but then, my... here's the problem. Then you get up there and you like, you can't be like, whoa, I'm not doing that. Cause that's embarrassing. So I just like put my cart in the machine and just walked out. And I was just like, where's the rest of the beer I should have had for $40. <laughs> uh, but anyways, I got fat heads. Uh, this is hazy eight. It is a hazy Imperial IPA. Uh, and it's, it's really good. Uh, it is uh, 8% uh, alcohol. Uh, and it's just, uh, again, it's a, a hazy Imperial IPA. So it's a little stronger, uh, the flavor's a little stronger. That's my style right there. And so Hazy 8 is my garage beer of the week. We got Mill Creek in Nashville. We got Elysian Brewery. Oh, oh. I checked it. It is Elysian. 
Is it? Uh, yeah. How did you check that? I, I'm quick. Wow. That's the quick. Google Bleach. machine. It's yeah. a Google machine. If you didn't get to it, uh, Joey, I was about to, because I just looked it up too. Yeah. The Google machine. It's Ele- <laughs> Elysian. Or what do you say? What do I look like? Are you Googleizer? <laughs> <laughs> the files are in the computer. <laughs> how how do we how do we how do we teach children to read? They can't even fit inside the building. <laughs> what is this? A school for ants? It's got to be at least three times this size. All right, we can't we can't just do Zoolander. We can't do it. Uh, all right, so we got those are our garage beers of the week. Cheers to you guys here on the show. Cheers to you, the listener. I say this every show, but now I mean it. Damn it. Send us your Garage Beers of the Week. Send us pictures of your Garage Beers of the Week. Send us suggestions. Uh, we will go out. We'll try them. Uh, if you know a great beer that you want us to try on the show, let us know uh, and just get us to that on the uh, on our social media pages. But uh, those are our Garage Beers of the Week, and, uh, and now we're really excited. We have an awesome conversation coming up with uh, uh, Cleveland Browns, former Cleveland Browns defensive back Corey Fuller uh, coming up right here. All right, and now we are really excited. We got a great special guest here on episode 50 of the Garage Beers podcast. Uh, a guy that spent 10 years as a defensive back in the NFL, including as a part of the 99 expansion Cleveland Browns. Started nearly every game for the Browns from 99 to 02, uh, racking up seven interceptions. You know him as defensive back number 24 back in the day, Corey Fuller. Uh, find him on his Instagram page. If you want to get pumped up, with some inspiration. Find him on his Instagram page at Coach Fuller24. Corey Fuller, welcome to the Garage Beers Podcast. Yes, sir. Thank y'all, man. Thank you for having me and inviting me. Yeah, right, absolutely. So- hey, Corey, I know we're here to talk. I know we're here to talk Cleveland uh first, but I I I just I have to know. You know, it's National Signing Day. You posted a picture of him earlier on your Instagram. You know, you played for the, the legendary Bobby Bowden. Uh, can you just give us a little bit of insight as to uh, what it was like to play for such a, a legendary coach and the impact that he had on not only yours, but a, every one of the, the young men that played for him hit their lives? Man, Coach Bowden was the best, to be honest, man. He helped change my life. He helped shape me. And the way I run our program was based off the way I saw him run Florida State football. And it probably wouldn't be no Florida State if God hadn't blessed Florida State with Bobby Bowden. Yeah, that's awesome. So you you know you're into high school coaching now. Uh, what do you what would you say the biggest influence of Coach Bowden was on your on your high school coaching at, at this point? Just how much he loved God, the, the love he had for Christ, the way he treated us off the field and on the field. One of the biggest influences he had on me. Awesome. Uh, so let's get back to your time playing. Uh, you know, obviously fans up here in Cleveland are going to remember, well, uh, fans like us, uh, are going to remember, uh, your time with the, uh, the 99 Browns. The first question I have for you, you chose the Browns in 1999. You were a free agent and you picked to come to Cleveland, the expansion team, knowing what we know now, that sounds crazy. That sounds insane that a player picked to come to that Cleveland Browns team. What, how did that expansion team, how did they lure you from the Vikings? And what was it about the Browns that made you say, I got I want to go suit up, suit up for, for Cleveland. They was willing to, um, they was willing to um, meet what we was looking for. Number one. Yeah. <laughs> I, knew, I knew that common policy and Dwight Clark, God bless his soul. I knew that they would run an A1 organization because they had been affiliated with the 49ers. And I wanted to get out of um, 
the Midwest. Now I love playing for the Vikings. We went fifteen and one was two minutes away from the Super Bowl, but I just wanted to go out and make my own, put my own stake down in my land and see if I can be the player that they thought I could be in Minnesota that I turned to be in Cleveland. You know, our team was already full of superstars in Minnesota. Yeah. So normally you you pick a new team, you either get drafted into a team, which you experience with Minnesota, or you move around to different teams, and that team already kind of has an identity. They they already, you know, you kind of know what you're going into. When you come into an expansion team, there's none of that in Cleveland. Like, you know, how does the team come together? What's what's the biggest challenge for a group of guys that literally an entire group of guys that have never played the game together? You know, besides Jacksonville Jaguars and what they did as an expansion team, it's pretty hard to convince people, players, and fans that you're going to win as an expansion team. And our first two years was brutal, you know. So I went from 15 and 1, 2 and 14, and 2 and 14, man. That was pretty brutal. So we just worked, man. Butch Davis came there. He changed the philosophy, changed the team mindset, and we ended up going to the playoffs. Yeah, well, we will get to that because that was great. I just I, every time I think of that original '99 team, I think of that first game and Ty Detmer getting sacked like 26 times in that game. And <laughs> Ty Detmer must have just been like, "Nah, I'm done. I am not doing this anymore. I don't even like this game that much." But uh, uh, so uh, let's talk about happy memories. That '99 team, uh, the the happy memory, that first win. Uh, if if Browns fans remember. Uh, down in New Orleans, the insane Hail Mary that Tim Couch threw uh, to Kevin Johnson. Uh, you know, what was that moment like just getting the first win for a franchise in a city that, you know, loves their football but uh, had to go without their team for, for several years? Man, I really don't remember that much about the win, to be honest. I'm I'm not a pro football guy, so, like, I don't really watch pro football, stay with it that much. And it has a lot to do with the way the NFL treat ex-players and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I've i learned to take the NFL. It was a dream come true, but it's a business, man. So it's really like when I do things about my past, it, it is what it is. I try to move. I'm a very forward-moving person. And um, mm-hmm. that game we wanted, it was the eighth game of the year. I do remember that part of it. And we hadn't <laughs> won a game. Man, it was brutal. And then we won one more did, did, game. It's not very too much to remember when you're two and fourteen, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Did uh, Corey? Did Tim Couch get a bad rap? Like you know, obviously, I mean, he was. It seems like he was put in an impossible situation, and you know, and, and widely regarded around Cleveland, you know, as you know, <laughs> the, the, the the you know uh, the quarterback of all those teams that were that were that weren't that good. I mean, yeah, he was the last quarterback to make the playoffs, but. You know, does he get a bad rap? Was he a lot better than what most fans perceived? One thing, people, you know, you want to be a high draft pick. That's your goal and dream one day. But you're going to a sorry team. And unfortunately, you know, they was they was expansion and they was a wheels expansion team and they wanted to go young. So it was just a bunch of young players out there with young players and it was it was pretty tough. But I think did he get a bad rap? Absolutely, you know. Yeah, so you you came in, and and let's talk about you. Uh, you talked a little bit about the business, and that that's kind of you know where your Cleveland story ended uh, was very much about that. And I don't think too many people remember that, but uh, 
Um, I took a healthy pay cut to stay there, and Bush Davis still cut me. I was going to say, if you don't remember, if you're listening to this and you don't remember how Corey Fuller's time with the Browns came to an end, uh, it's not the happiest story on the planet. Uh, the Browns, after you guys, after making that playoff run, you play the Steelers in the playoffs in an incredible game. Uh, it, it felt like the Browns were back, right? Like, we're back. We're going to be in the playoffs every year. This is going to be great. The Browns go into salary cap hell. They're like $25 million over the cap. And you, I don't think a lot of people remember, like you just said, you offered to restructure your contract. You take a two-minute no, I, I, I took a major pay cut. I took a two-plus million dollar pay cut, which I should have just made them cut me. And I ended up having the best statistic year of my career yeah. in, at 31 years old. Yeah, so so your time comes to an end in Cleveland. Uh, and, and you know, Chad brought up a good point. I should probably let Chad ask the question, but, you know, now we're, we're just talking. It's like if you would have told somebody in 2002 that that's the last time the Browns were going to see the playoffs for the next two decades, we would have thought you were crazy. So in reality, you know, the Browns made the playoffs this year. It was kind of like the curse of Corey Fuller. <laughs> the, the, we finally beat the curse of Corey Fuller uh, because, again, I think anybody that looks back at that situation goes, yeah, that, that shouldn't have happened. They, were, they could have found other ways to get their cap number down. Uh, but uh, I don't know. Do, do, do you, so you said you're not much of a pro guy anymore. Do you follow it anymore? Do you like, watch the Browns at all anymore? I, I want every team I played for to do well. Uh, you know, like Friday night, I stand on the sideline. I don't wear earphones or nothing just because I had so much head trauma from football. I don't even wear earphones on Friday. Like those earphones you have on right now, I won't. I don't wear them on Friday night. So I'm like a figurehead hire. I'm more on the side of saving kids. Yeah, I got it. And 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 lastly, you know, you went through a very harsh thing on the business side. You played a couple more years. Uh, you went to Baltimore, but you went through a pretty harsh thing on the business side. So now you're a leader, uh, you're a coach, you're dealing with young kids. Obviously, you you're, you run into kids that have aspirations to play at higher levels, whether it's college oh, yeah. or kids. We had, a kid sign in, we had a kid sign at Florida State, one signed in Maryland, and one signed in Jackson State. We had 10 kids signed today for National Signing Day. Yeah. Um, so, right. you know, overall, every kid that put on a helmet think he's going to the NFL. All of them chasing a dream, you know, but honestly, I hope a lot of them pay attention to my story and the videos I put out. You can have your dream. You can chase your dream. But are you willing to die for your dream, for it to come true? And I don't mean physically die. You got to die to yourself every day, daily. Can't want to party. Can't want to be with everybody else. Can't want to be like everybody else, smoking and drinking when you're paying food out. Do your schoolwork. There's so many things that come into um, the conversation or, or the journey or the walk of an athlete to make it to the professional ranks. There's so yeah. many things that have to go right. And you just got to chase it the right way. And like my slogan is just work. You, you got to work all the time. Man. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, now, now getting into it, you know, you spent a short time with Florida Atlanta, Corey, and then, uh, you know, you're, you're, uh, coaching now for the Gatson County Jaguars. Uh, did you always feel that passion for coaching when you got out of football, or is that, I never thought is that something just kind of fell into? Yeah, I never thought I'd be a coach. My my college roommate told one of our college coaches one time, "Great players don't coach," and uh, <laughs> now I'm coaching, so I I defy that myth. 
Yeah. Dion is, Dion is coaching. But I, he was being a little smart, but at the time with the coach, but it, it, it was funny to all of us. But um, coaching has – football has saved my life twice. It saved me when I was a player. Then after my career was over with, it helped get me back going again. So it saved me again. And me being a coach, even though I'm a figurehead, it helps keep me sane. Because you see the stuff that came out about the NFL today with the concussion case? Yeah. I've been fighting NFL for four years and I have a passing grade already. You know, um, so it's just a lot of stuff going on that's outside of the lines that people don't see with especially with veteran players. But it is what it is, man. I'm blessed for the opportunity I had to play in the NFL. I'm blessed to be trying to help other people. I'm more blessed to be a dad and a husband and raise kids. So that's that's my motto, and that's my mindset, and that's what I'm on right now. So to all my Browns fans, it's been a long day. I do love Cleveland. I love the fans because one thing about them, they were always respectful to me, and they've supported us regardless of what. They are the real diehard fans. You know, every fan, every organization, every fan, so they got the number one fans. The Cleveland Brown fans are the number one fans in the NFL for real. So, man, I hope y'all podcasts keep moving forward and Keep growing and blessings to y'all, man. Have them back on anytime. All right, Corey Fuller, we'll let you go. Uh, again, head coach down in Gadsden County, former Cleveland Brown, Corey Fuller. We really appreciate your time. Go get some sleep and uh, get back at it and just work bright and early tomorrow morning. My Browns, go Brownies. And thank you once again to former Cleveland Brown, current head coach of the Gadsden County Jaguars down in Florida, Corey Fuller joining us again. Go find him on his Instagram at CoachFuller24 if you want to get inspired with some inspirational coaching stuff. Uh, Corey Fuller uh, spent his uh, part of his career with the very first iteration of the new Browns. It was pretty cool to just kind of look back on that with him and and to hear for his his love of the city of Cleveland. So, guys, we're going to keep it with football right now because it's weird. It, it, it doesn't feel like it almost, but it's Super Bowl week. I mean, we are just a couple days away from crowning an NFL champion. We've got the Kansas City Chiefs coming in. We got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Kansas City Chiefs that should have lost to the Browns. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming in <laughs> with Tom Brady. Uh, guys, let's talk about this Super Bowl. First of all, like, normally I'm feeling the hype leading up. To, is, is it is it like a COVID thing why I'm not feeling the hype? You know, uh, it's almost like not football related, but – I feel like at this point, before like the week before the Super Bowl, they start leaking like the ads that are going to happen. And to me, oh, yeah, because like, uh, as we all are Browns fans, we're not usually like hyped to watch our team play in the Super Bowl. Um, so we try to grasp at those other fun little tidbits throughout the week. And I've only seen one Super Bowl commercial. It was hilarious. It was uh, Amazon, um, where Michael B. Jordan is like Alexa. Oh. No, I haven't seen that one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm adamantly against them releasing Super Bowl commercials before the Super Bowl. I agree, but why, it does, why would you do I mean, that? It still it still makes it feel like it's like Christmas songs before Christmas. No, it's not like that. <laughs> yeah, it's not, not at all like that. <laughs> yeah, if, if that's the whole holiday season, the Super Bowl. Like part of the fun of the Super Bowl is that I don't want to run away from my TV during the commercials. 
Right. Like, I want to sit right. there. Well, no, 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 no. But this when you is start good releasing planning. the commercials, no. two you weeks only, early. You watch a couple commercials because then you can plan for a, a pee break halfway through the commercial break. Like, oh, you so can't plan when they do the local. One. No, listen, like once an hour, they do like the little local commercial thing. That's when I go pee. I don't need to hear about, I don't need to hear about some, I, I'm not going to say anything. I had like a very specific thing I was going to say there, but I don't want to ruin any potential sponsorship deal. So I'm not going to say it, but like, <laughs> but like, that's when I'll pee. But like the other ones, the big ones, don't play that stuff now. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to bank on a 15 second car commercial from a dealership. That's going to get me through my, my, uh, my break. You know, Are you, do you I have, don't know how, I, <laughs> well, I was just trying to think of local commercials that like, I don't do you know. like prostate issues. You can't, you can't pee real quick. You drink a lot of beer, you know? <laughs> I don't know how good uh, the commercials will be this year, guys. Did you see that a lot of uh, major advertisers are backing out because they think nobody's going to watch or have Super Bowl parties like Budweiser? No. Like you're not going to cry well, over a Budweiser Clydesdale commercial this year. They, uh, Coke is not is not in it. Those companies said they're donating the money they would have spent on the commercial to, I don't want to get that wrong, but like COVID vaccine, yeah. something with vaccines, I think. Yeah, I saw the Wayne's World commercial. Did you guys see that one? Why is Wayne's oh. World a running theme of our show? And I, 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 I love it so much. I don't. I don't know, but I do, and and they're back. Like Wayne, Wayne and Garth are doing an uh, an Uber Eats commercial with Cardi B. It's gonna be weird. That's incredible. It's gonna be real yeah. weird. <laughs> is is uh? Oh God, what's our guy's name? Ned Ned Ned, Ned Flanders. No, the the British guy. What Pretty the British, British guy? guy. Oh, Dell Preston. Dell, not Ned. Dell. Is he uh, going to be in the commercial? Well, no, I don't think so, love. But I uh, got Cardi B, some uh, great uh, Pepsi merchandise, uh, and then she got a, a $100 gift card to Uber Eats. <laughs> <laughs> you were doing your word of the day before, and I was just thinking of uh, I was thinking of Wayne in the, in the auto repair shop. Zisa Bindua! Zisa Bindua! <laughs> and he just holds up the book. He's like, eh, eh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I uh, I like the commercials. I'm a commercial guy. I like sitting there. That's why, I like, even last year, I was I was traveling for work last year, and I watched the Super Bowl in like a B dubs, and I didn't even I didn't like it because I can't really watch the commercials in a B dubs. I like That's to fair. sit and have a whole event of it. So I'll play that stuff weeks before the Super Bowl. I don't like that. Before we get into the game. What's like your ultimate Super Bowl party dish? Oh man! Oh, I mean, I'm 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 not I don't do anything special. Like I like chicken wings. Yeah, and like do and you like, get them from a specific place, or are you making them at home? Nah, I don't make them at home. Uh, but I'll go to either like it depends on where I'm at. I'll go to maybe like Winking Lizard. I still think has good wings, or I'll go down to like around the corner which is right down the street from me in Lakewood. They have very good wings. I don't know, just somewhere like that. Yeah, yeah. man. Whew. I, I, I don't know. Nachos, uh, just, just kind of a homemade nachos type of type of deal. Uh, God, there's, I don't know. I'm, I'm so not partial when it comes to like bar food. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's all, it's all just like really good, but uh, yeah. What would you so, like you know, on your nachos? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, all of them. All of the nachos, if I could get it. But uh, yeah, no, that's that's where I'm at with it as far as that dish goes. Super Bowl. What about you, Joe? What about you, Joey? Oh, 
Oh, I don't know if I have a staple, but uh, there's two that come to mind. One, and it's like the best like game day food ever. It's like little like Polish disasters. You get like oh, yeah. the rye bread with like some Velveeta and sausage on top, and you bake it in the oven. Yeah. Oh, Hanky Panks. Okay. Hanky Panks. Yeah, that's the other name for it. We call them Polish yeah. disasters. Your family is the, again, just like, just like the, <laughs> just like your family, the only family I know that ever calls them Polish disasters. No right. Right. I've never uh, heard that before in my life. Always Hanky Pankies. I don't know if this will be like bad if I type this into Google. No, I'm Polish I disaster. Polish. Polish. I want to hear from our listeners. Yeah, please don't type Polish disaster into Google. <laughs> that is not going to turn out well. No, uh, also known as Polish mistakes. <laughs> Polish uh, mistakes, listeners. Uh, the little <laughs> rye bread with, like he said, with with like the little beef and and Velveeta cheese on top. Yeah. What do you call those? Hanky Pol- pankies, Polish disasters. Yeah. Or do you call them something else? I guess it's pretty dark if we call them that. Uh, what else? What else? Oh, what else? Oh, so this Sunday I'm going to be making uh, an eight pound pork butt. Uh, I got a crock. I got a nice. crock pot for Christmas, and I've been making some just bomb pulled pork in it. Nice. Yeah, it's I mean, so good. Do, do you? I mean, do you call that like a a, a Denmarkian uh, <laughs> ro- roast? A Denmarkian roast in your yeah. family? <laughs> first now, of all, it's an alligator all, bowl. It's Danish. Everyone's just starting to get smart. Uh, you, only smart. Get, you only get one big word today, Chad. It's all right. What are you, Denmarkian? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, now I will give credit. I, I'm going to do a special honorary shout out. Joe's mom, uh, <laughs> Polish disasters. Fine, call it that if you'd like. But Joe's mom has kept up this thing with us. Uh-huh. Uh, when she's making like snacks for like a football game or whatever, uh, when like White Castle started close, I love White Castle. I I am okay. a White Castle guy. I love White Castle. Oh, goes back when to your White weed smoking Castle, days. I got it. I got it. When White Castle like started closing down, like there's no White Castles around here anymore. Really? Uh, Joe's mom started making like White Castle style sliders. Nice. Yeah. Like oniony beef sliders. Oh, oh, they're delicious. That is the best. That yeah. it is so good. So now you go to her house after your weed smoking days. Got it. Yeah. Correct. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Katie Got and I it. just head over there. Bloodshot eyes. <laughs> Where are the sliders at? <laughs> All right. So let's get into this. You let's order get... you you order it to her like Harold and Kumar. Like I need thirty six sliders and four bag coats <laughs> right now. Now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's get into this football game. So we got the Chiefs and the Bucks uh, again. I think I said it last week. One of the things I'm excited about is you've got the 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 best guy getting ready to end his career and you got the best guy getting his career going uh in tom brady and patrick mahomes the quarterback battle is going to be a good time and and frankly i think a lot of people expect patrick mahomes to to do what patrick mahomes does uh but i also like the element of and again i'm not a huge tom brady fan but i like the element of tom brady's got to feel this thing inside of like Everybody expects this young gun, new quarterback to come in here and, and put up big stats and probably win the game. Tom Brady's probably got some pride going on there, and I, I'm excited to see how he performs like that. Yeah, I um, just thinking about like who I think is going to win this game on Sunday. I, I just have such a tough time betting against Tom Brady. Like, 
I, I don't know how you can like continue to do that. He's proven the past, I don't know, five years that he's not too old to be as dominant as he has been. Um, you know, I, I, I love Patrick Mahomes, um, but I, I really like Tom Brady in this game. I, I really think they're going to, they're going to pull some magic. He's, gonna, he's got some magic somewhere in that ageless head of his. Ageless head of his. He's 43 <laughs> going on 19, that guy. Uh, but I, yeah, I, I don't know. I know it's hard to bet against Tom Brady. This one's tough for me guys. Uh, just because it's, this Bucks offense has to keep pace with with this Kansas City offense. I, I just I, I don't know. Like the, like the the Bucks offense is going to score points against this Kansas City defense, and, and I don't know. Kansas City can just score so many points in such a hurry. I, I just I think I, I I really think that's the key. Is this is this can this Bucks defense get a stop or two? If they can do that, yeah, I think Tom Brady wins. But it's just, I know it's hard, tough to bet against Tom Brady, but I, I just, I don't think he's the issue. I think it's this Tampa Bay defense against the, uh, against the Kansas City offense. That's going to be the matchup to see. Yeah. I don't yeah, think I you're think, wrong there. I think defensively, Tampa Bay is the better defense, even though they haven't played great oh, all year. I think 100% I think the other, they are. I think the other thing to keep in mind, though, we talked about this a lot going into the Browns Chiefs game. It was like, it's it, it's been like ten weeks or something like that since the Chiefs really put a team away like they did the Bills last week. So now it's yeah. only been one week or two weeks ago, I guess. Uh, but this Chiefs team has not been; they haven't been dominant all year. I mean, they've won; they were fourteen and two in the regular season, so they've won their games. But a lot of those wins were by it was a six point or less thing, and 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 so that says to me. Uh, you know, with Tom Brady coming in, you can't count them out. The other thing is, I'm going to go to the other side of this uh, because I talked about this too. This Chiefs defense is kind of unheralded. Like, like everybody talks about this Chiefs defense like they're not very good. And statistically, throughout the season, they weren't great. But I'm telling you, you watch that game they played against the Browns. You watch the game they played against the Bills. The Chiefs defense... They get after it. Those defensive backs were like nobody ever got any separation in either of those games. I I think it's going to come down to like, and the Chiefs haven't lost. Well, I, I can't remember their second loss. I remember their one loss against Oakland. I don't think they're going to lose the game Sunday based on their defense. Like it just, they haven't really put themselves in that position all year. It's really just been mistakes, honestly, on the offense, as weird as it is and feels to say, that have put them in any danger throughout the season. So I think if the if the Chiefs do lose, it's probably going to come at the hands of a fumble, an uh, interception, something on the offensive side or special team side of the ball that's going to kind of sway them. Do you get the feeling, though, like, though, Mike, you mentioned about the six points. Do you get the feeling that – the, the, the close wins. Do you get the feeling that they were just kind of maybe, I don't know, like treading water until the playoffs? Because let's be honest, but until Mahomes went out in that Browns game, I mean, that offense was humming. And, and, and I mean, it, and it, it, it did the same thing in, the, in that Buffalo game. Do you think they were just kind of saving it for the playoffs? You know, I, I, there might be something to that, um, I, especially in the Chiefs division, right? Like nobody was really a threat to them in division. Uh, yeah. So the, the Chiefs 
we're going to win that division the whole way. Uh, but at the same time, I, I, you know, I don't buy that too much. I think, I think professional athletes, um, when they suit up, they suit up to play and they suit up to hit and they suit up to play fast. I think it's hard to turn that switch off, uh, when you're just competitive out there. Uh, but, um, I think there maybe is an element to that. I just think that they may not be, you know, I think other teams, you figure them out a little bit. It's a natural thing over the course of time that teams are going to figure out Patrick Mahomes a little bit. That doesn't mean he isn't going to be the best quarterback in the NFL because he is, but Mm -hmm. teams are going to figure out that system a little bit. They're going to figure out those crossing routes with Tyreek Hill. Someday a team is going to figure out how to cover Tyreek Hill on a crossing (laughs) route. Uh, But I I think teams adjust and and know how to play that system a little bit more. So uh, again, I think they're not untouchable, but uh, certainly Certainly, I hope to God they're not untouchable because, of course, the Browns have to get good at a time where there's a team in the AFC that looks like they're getting ready to be the next dynasty. Uh, but, you know, I, I think I think it's hard to bet against Tom Brady. It's hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck. So, so, Joe, let's start with you. Super Bowl prediction. What do you think? What's going to happen? I think it's going to be Bucks. And I think the Bucks are going to win thirty to twenty-four. Wow! Patty Mahomes can't get in, can uh, can't get in the end zone on their final drive of the game. Lose by six. Chad, you know, as good as Tom Brady has been, like even in these older years, he has been a little bit more turnover prone the older he's gotten. You know, and, and you can't do that uh, against this Chiefs offense because Patrick Mahomes is not turnover prone. Uh, so I, th- I think I'm going to give this one to the Chiefs I, in a close one. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Chiefs 34, Tampa Bay 31. All right, all right. So for me, I think. Hold on, let me just get ready for this. Oh, okay, perfect. Uh, all right. For me. Uh, I think it's going to be close. I have a really hard time, like like Joe said, really hard time. At this point, how many times can you bet against Tom Brady? I have been saying that Tom Brady is is bound to like go on to like not be as great as he is since I don't know they beat the Eagles in like two thousand and three or whatever year that was. Like I, I've been ready for Tom Brady to be done, and and he just isn't. He's just never done, uh, and. Uh, and so I have a hard time with it. I do think I think the Chiefs are a better team, and I think the Chiefs' defense is going to show it. Uh, and again, that's that's the thing that has stood out to me this whole playoffs. The whole playoffs, things have kind of gone. They haven't been super unexpected, but but that Chiefs' defense, watching those corners, watching those guys just stick like glue to the receivers. I think the Chiefs' defense comes to play, and I think the Kansas City Chiefs win the game. And I actually think they win probably by ten. Uh, so I'll say, I'll say, uh, 27, 17 Kansas city. Am I on my own then? Yeah. I guess I'm the only one, only one picking the bucks. That's right. You're the only one. And that's okay. Uh, Should Joe get a prize or something? Like, I, mean, I think that? so. <laughs> yeah. I think I deserve something. What do I get? Uh, <laughs> you know what? Once we get garage beer shirts, you can have one. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will personally make you. A Danish pork butt. 
<laughs> no, it's 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 a Denmarkian pork butt. Get oh, that right. Denmarkian, Denmarkian. <laughs> Denmarkian roast. All right, so Super Bowl coming up this Sunday, whatever time, six something o'clock. It's the longest football game ever. If you don't know, the weekend is is performing at halftime. If you don't know by the four thousand times you've seen that co- uh, commercial about the weekend performing at halftime, uh, so that should be a good show. I like is, the weekend. He's a talented performing? guy. The weekend. I'm right, kidding. What? I don't know. I was, it was like a joke, you know. Is the guy like? Is the guy is is are they is that guy? Because didn't that lead singer get diagnosed with like terminal cancer or something? No, he had the like lead a, of what? Yeah, he had like a brain tumor. Right. The weekend no. is a guy. Oh, it's just a guy. What am I thinking of? I don't know oh, what you're thinking of. Son it's of a bitch. Guy. He did. He did a weird thing. <laughs> He did a weird thing where he was making fun of people that have a bunch of plastic surgery and he like had a fake. I think he showed up on like Saturday Night Live and he was like all decked uh, out in these prosthetics. Yeah. Never mind. Never mind. I uh it was the wanted, not the weekend. The lead singer of the wanted, oh, the wanted. Uh, was was diagnosed with that. So my bad. Mixed well, up the bands. Best of luck to him. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I don't That's know who that I is, like. but best of luck to him. Yeah, sure. Uh sure. So anyways, not only do we want to know your beer, send us those, but I like Joey's question. You got a favorite Super Bowl snack? Hook us up. What's your favorite Super Bowl snack? Uh, let us know. Maybe we're going to, maybe we'll try it. I'm always looking for new snacks. Uh, let's get off of football though. Right now we got uh, the Cavs playing the Clippers at home. Let's talk a little Cavaliers basketball, right? Right now in this game, fourth quarter, about 11 minutes to go. And the Cavaliers are trailing the Clippers by 10 in what's turned out to be a pretty entertaining game, but Paul George won't stop hitting three-pointers. Like Paul George has hit, I, I, like in the last 30 seconds, I've seen Paul George hit four three-pointers. Uh, oh, so Clippers are pulling away a little bit, but it's been an entertaining game. This has been a, it's been a heck of a uh, Jekyll and Hyde. You called it that, Chad, and I love that. It's been a bit of a check, Jekyll and Hyde season so far. We talked a lot. Of, we, we spread a lot of love upon these Cavaliers. Uh, because mm-hmm. I don't think there was any real expectations coming into the season. Right. And they've been fun to watch. However, this last week hasn't been the best week for the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> no, it sure hasn't. And it, and it literally is like a home and away situation. This team is a completely different team at home at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse than it is on the road. I don't know what it is, but for some reason, the, the, you know, they can't shoot. The energy doesn't seem to be there on the road. I, I don't know what it is, but they're just so much more comfortable at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse than they are uh, on the road. I mean, I don't know, Mike. You've been doing the recaps. You've been, you know, you know, you know, watching the games, uh, you know, and picking them apart with a fine tooth comb. Like, what, what do you think? Well, I think I think number one, um, the NBA is very much a shooter's game uh, uh-huh. this day and age. Uh, and right now the Cavs are having a hard time finding guys to pull the trigger on a consistent basis on a little bit more long range shots, right? It's what we're all craving from Dylan Windler because he's supposed to be that guy. Uh, but right now the Cavs are one of the best teams in the NBA at scoring in the paint uh, because you've got all kinds of athletes. Uh, you've got the towers in Drummond and Jared Allen. You've got guys like Colin Sexton and Darius Garland, Darius Garland tonight in this game alone, his little teardrop is lethal. Like he hasn't missed it, but they, they're not really spreading the floor. And when they need to, 
you know, when, when a team like the Clippers who are leading by 13 points right now, when a team like the Clippers start hitting those outside shots and you need to like have an answer, there's, there's really no answer on this team. So Mm -hmm. they've got to find, uh, and, and maybe the answer is Kevin Love, by the way, who's back returning to practice. Uh, a guy like Kevin Love who can really spread the floor and hit those outside shots. Mm-hmm. I think you've got to get a guy like Dylan Windler going and confident with his shot because mm-hmm. right now, if if it's not uh if it's not a catch and shoot open three, Dylan Windler isn't shooting. Okay. And I think he's got to be a little bit more aggressive. Um, but I think the other thing is just a little bit more consistency. Again, you you just don't have as Colin Sexton hits a three. Uh you just don't have Right now, the guys that are filling it up in in different ways, and I think uh, you know, I think it'll come. I think, I think again with a team young like this, with pieces like Torian Prince and Jared Allen that are still trying to fit in, um, I I think they've been very. Uh, I think JB Bickerstaff's been really good, but I think he's also been a little too reliant on, hey, let's feed the ball into our big guys, and 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 let's get the ball in the paint. And I think they need to find ways to get guys open other ways. Have they have they gotten away from what was working? I mean, because this offense was predicated, you know, on is predicated on ball movement and, and movement, you know, uh, oh, movement away from the ball, just very active on the floor. Have they gotten kind of away from that? Or yeah, I think that's a really good point, Chad, because there's they're they're not moving the ball like they were when they were playing hot. They're not moving mm-hmm. the ball like they were again. Um, we'll get to this. This was my next topic, but they're, they're kind of forcing the ball, like force the ball into the big guys. Like we've got these big guys. Now we got Andre Drummond and we got Jared Allen. Let's force them the ball. Uh, but it's also, there's a lot of just kind of one-off, you know, run down and, and, and take a layup or whatever. Yeah. I think the ball movement's lacking too. I think they're just in a little bit of a midseason lull. I mean, I, I think that yeah. happens to a young team. Uh, what they've mm-hmm. got to avoid are the things that the Cavs have done consistently over the last couple of years. They've got to avoid those like two win months, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right. A month oh, where you God, got yeah. two and 13 and it's like, Oh Jesus. Uh, <laughs> what happened? So, you know, they got to play with a little more consistency, but you know, a game like tonight against the Clippers, they're, they're actually playing pretty well. Uh, the Clippers are just, the Clippers are that opposite, right? Clippers are a team that can come out and put up, 33 pointers in a game and hit 20 of them. No. And, yeah. and you know, what can you do? What can you do against that? You know, the Cavs, the Cavs will come out and shoot five, three pointers in a game that they're, they're, they just need to be a little bit more aggressive with their shot. Uh, but I think defensively, I think offensively, I think, I think they're just built pretty well. Uh, they just need to avoid big time lulls. Okay. My other question though, here coming into the Cavs, mm-hmm. Andre Drummond, right? I mean, you've got a guy that's averaging, what's he averaging now? Like 19 points and 15 rebounds or something like that on the season. Right. But he's not like a consensus favorite. Actually, as a matter of fact, as I look through on like Twitter and stuff, I see a lot of people that are like, can we trade Andre Drummond now? And I think a reason for that has been the play calling. Okay. Uh, I think they, when he's in the game, they just force the ball to him. And Andre Drummond is a, an exceptionally good basketball player, but he doesn't have, he's not a guy you force the ball into in the post. He doesn't have the touch with the back to the basket moves. He's a guy okay. that needs to clean up offensive rebounds and dunk the ball basically. 
Okay. And and they forced him the ball a lot. He's he's like he's like the most not liked 20 and 15 rebound guy <laughs> I think I've ever seen. I don't know. What's your opinion on Andre Drummond? Well, yeah, and that's the thing. He's got all the athletic ability in the world for the size that he has. You know, I mentioned it before. He has he is an old school body with the athleticism of the new school <laughs> that, that that's here now. And but he's never had that shooter's touch. You know, I mean, you know, you could you could get the ball into him a few times. Like he has the ability to score if you can get him the ball into a few times, but if he if he's your focal point of your offense, yeah, that's not going to work. You know, that's definitely not going to work. You know, like you, I totally agree with you, Mike, in that he's a guy that needs to clean up offensive boards and get those putbacks, get those dunks. But, you know, if he's your focal point, then you you probably should look elsewhere in your offense or try to find somewhere else because that's that's going to help to, to get points because that's going to help open things up for him. But if, you're, if your plan is to – force the ball into him yeah he's he's very talented very athletic and he's a big body but that's not gonna you're not gonna find two like a ton of success uh if if you're gonna try to do that every game so it's amazing to me i think you know watching the Cavs. to me they're being built very similar to a team like portland Uh uh-huh and just like you would say like just like you would say, like the quarterback is the most important position on a football team. Like, I think we're at a point now in the NBA, the way it's played now that the small forward is the most important position on a, on a basketball team. It's I'm, I'm I, the, the, like I said, the best I can compare the Cavs to is the way the Portland trailblazers are built Two mm-hmm. kind of undersized guards that are good, right? Yeah. Dame Lillard and CJ McCollum. Now, listen, our guys aren't those guys. Those are two amazing players, but they're kind of undersized guards. A lot of times Dame Lillard and CJ McCollum can get beat up on defense a bit for as good as they are offensively. That reminds me a lot of Darius Garland and Colin Sexton. You know, Colin Sexton is feisty, but and neither one of those guys are the best defensive players. And then you got a bunch of bigs, kind of like Portland does. I know they drafted Isaac Okoro to be their small forward, but like, if you look at like the best teams around the NBA, like that small forward position is like, whether it's LeBron who can play all the positions or whether it's Paul George and Kawhi Leonard who can trade off in, in for the Clippers, whether it's Giannis, whether like, it's like, you need that crazy athletics guy who's six, eight, mm-hmm. who also can do every, who has the touch and the defense like it's it's like that position is the most important, and, and the Cavs don't have that. You need them to be versatile. Like you could like a like a small four, but also like a like a stretch four, and could maybe like play play the two as well. Right. So yeah, it's interesting. It's you know again, I'm not gonna. I have no expectations for the Cavs. Right. Yeah. I said coming into the year that I think they can be a playoff team, but they're gonna let like ten teams in from the East, so they should be a playoff team. I don't have <laughs> yeah. a lot of expectations. Um, but at the same time, we've seen we've seen how fun and how good they can look. And when they put up a couple duds, like that game against the Knicks, man, last week was so bad <laughs> that you're just looking for a little more consistency. Out of this team, you're looking for a little more consistency. Hopefully, hopefully we can get it. So yeah. Cavs, uh, again, we'll see what happens as this goes on. There's about six and a half minutes left in this game. Cavs are down by 10. Keeping it close, playing hard, 
uh, getting good baskets, but we'll see. The Clippers are a crazy talented team, especially offensively. So closing a 10-point gap against them is going to be tough, but we'll see what happens. Uh, so Chad had an interesting idea. Uh, a, a couple of things left, a couple new things left. Chad likes Chad wants you guys to get to know us a little better. He wants he yeah. wants a little getting to know the Garage Beers podcast a little better. So yeah. Chad, why don't you tell us about your idea and we'll we'll get into this. We'll see if we have some fun stories. I mean, I don't know. Like it's not something we have to do every week or anything, but I just thought it's like every now once in a while we could fit in like I don't know, some some interesting fun question or fun topics that we can, you know, you know, integrate. You know, like my idea was, hey guys, why don't we, uh, we're the Garage Beers podcast. Why don't we tell a funny story that uh, had alcohol involved? <laughs> One of our more entertaining stories that had alcohol involved with it oh, that you're boy. willing to tell. Oh, I understand that you're willing to tell. <laughs> I understand something's got to stay locked away. But uh, if you have an entertaining story, I, I think it'd be fun. You're like into your past a little bit, just a kind of a look in, in inside. I mean, I'll start if you want me to, or Joe, you look like you're ready. All right, I'll start. <laughs> no, you go. I'm still I trying like to this. think of what's appropriate to say on here. <laughs> We're just going to make it Chad's, Chad's fun stories of the week. Uh, so my Chad's fun story of the week, you kind of you kind of incorporated two questions. You were like, all right, maybe talk about your first beer. Well, I'm a guy that didn't drink until I went to college. Okay. So all through high school and stuff, I I was not a drinker. I didn't drink. I didn't, You know, we didn't do that. We We had fun other ways. So... My first experience drinking. I'm going to tell you about my first experience drinking that has led <laughs> me now to having two different separate beer fridges and a whole cabinet full of <laughs> bourbon. That's where we're at. <laughs> but my very first time drinking, I don't think I'm, I will never forget this. And I don't even know how I remember it. Uh, I went to Bowling Green. My mom and my grandma helped me move up to Bowling Green and they, Packed me all into my dorm room, and then they left. And they drove back here to the west side of Cleveland. And so I'm up there, and I'm meeting some people on my floor. I actually stayed like I was a dorm mate with a cousin of mine. So he had some friends up there. And my very first night at Bowling Green, we start drinking. And back in the day, this is 2003, back in the day, uh, popular drinks included things like Jägermeister. Ah, which I don't know how anybody drinks that bullshit. What but the hell? Oh, my God. I never drank. Terrible. I wasn't a drinker before that, so they were just dishing out shots of Jaeger, and I was like, I guess this is what people do. Yikes. Uh, <laughs> so, anyways, we're kind of in the dorms. We're drinking. You know, you're not obviously supposed to do that, but whatever. Uh, it's Bowling Green. That's what everybody does. Uh, and eventually, they're like, well, we're going to go out. We know some people having parties tonight, so we're going to go, you know, check out what's going on. So I'm like, cool, let's go. I'm now a few drinks in spinning the the whole world is spinning i'm having a great time all of a sudden i'm in this party and my friends are gone like the people i was there with the people i was there with no longer exist within this house and i don't know anybody there but i'm just drinking you know it was i'm just got a red solo cup drinking some beers not knowing anybody. So finally I leave thinking, oh, maybe my friends just walked outside. Maybe the, you know, I got to go find him. Nope. Gone. They just ghosted. They didn't. (laughs) Just ghosted. They gone. So I'm like, well, shit. Okay. So I just start wandering around. Now I'm drunk for the first time in my life. 
So I make my way into just another party. <laughs> and uh, I walk in and nobody says a damn word. You know, you just walk into a party. Nobody's like, nobody gives a shit. So I just walk in, grab a beer, <laughs> making friends. No idea where All right. I am. All right. Uh, realize that my friends are not at this random house that I showed up at. Leave that one. Find another place where there's a bunch of people hanging out. Join that party. All right. And eventually I'm like, well, shit, I should probably like go back. Here's the problem. I'm drunk. And this is the first night I've ever spent in Bowling Green. I have no idea where I am. I don't have a fucking clue. So I'm just out like in this neighborhood in Bowling Green, which isn't a big place. But I'd never been there before. And, and Uber just, didn't exist back then. Oh, hell no. No, 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 no. We walked. Yeah. I knew I was a walk away, but I didn't know in what direction, what street went where, where I was supposed to go. So I, I had to, like, find somebody out on the street and ask them how to get back to the campus. And then I walked, like, 15 minutes by myself back. And my friends were back in the dorm, like, where have you been? And I'm like, let me tell you. Yeah, yeah. So that, oh my God. You know, that was the beginning. Uh, and it's only gone downhill from there. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Joey, would you got, uh, you think I, one? I, I don't know if I can top that, but I guess if we're doing like, uh, you know, know the show kind of thing, it's probably worth saying that I'm just incredibly invested in drinking games. Like, oh. Is any type of drinking game, and probably the f- the first one that we did, it was I think my freshman year. Yeah, it was my freshman year of college, uh, and me and my roommate tried to play a drinking game of war, like the card game where you each put down a card and then the higher one wins. <laughs> oh, jeez! But um, we played it that anytime you lost, you had to take a shot of sailors. And we were <laughs> not very experienced drinkers, so oh no, we get we get about about twelve <laughs> card flips in, and we are gone. Um, and I actually left my roommate. I, I made sure that he was propped up on his side, but we went and got hookah afterwards because we couldn't go to any bars or anything. So I, I propped <laughs> him up on his side and put like a little pillow fort on it so he wouldn't choke on his, um, you know. Yak. <laughs> oh God! You're so considerate. Yeah, oh, but uh, such a considerate drunk. That's, that's where we started, and now I've actually played. Uh, I was playing it during like the Browns games, um, not the coin flip game. We do play that, the gentleman's game, um, that our buddy Bill showed us, where you flip a coin, you flip a coin and drink. You flip a coin and drink. If it's heads and your heads, you drink, and if it's tails and your tails, you drink. Uh, Oh. But we did play uh, checker shots t- a couple weeks ago. So uh, get like a little shot glasses, like get some seltzers in there, play some checkers. It's a great like exercise of the mind. And also just, you know, just <laughs> always working out that brain kill, while you're yeah. killing brain cells. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like you played my favorite game. It sounds like you played my favorite game. I drink the beer. 
Yeah. <laughs> what do I win? It's like yeah. another beer. I, I have yeah. a buddy that ran track in high school, and he's like, "Yeah, we we used to we used to uh, just kill cigs before track practice because we thought it would like it'd be like a donut on like a baseball bat. <laughs> <laughs> it would kind of it would kind of like prepare you for like clean air while you're running. So just totally <laughs> prepare you for clean air. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny. I'm a 35-year-old man, and I'm unashamedly. I love drinking games, and I never play them because I'm a 35-year-old father. Right. Uh, do you guys remember when I was the champion of the uh, Garage Beers Flip Cup, though? That was sweet. Oh, that was anyway, fun. We should do that again soon. Asterisk. There's an asterisk. There's no there. asterisk. There's no <laughs> asterisk. But it's no, cool. Not on my T-shirt. There isn't. Chad, what's, what do you got? You got any fun stories? God. All right, so I'm going to take you back to... Uh, my buddy Nick's bachelor party that I went on. All right. It was in Pittsburgh and God, this was a while ago. I want to say 2012, 2000. Now it's like 2010. Let's say 2010. It was a while back. All right. My first time now I had been to Pittsburgh before, but only for like sporting events. I never went there and like toured the city, hung out in the city, like drank in the city. But by the way, First, before I go on, as much as I will forever hate those sports teams, that city kicks ass as far as like from, from yeah, a partying and like Pittsburgh's really good standpoint. It is a good time. Sure. And so anyway, so we're I mean, we're we're going out where I mean, we're drinking, we're doing bachelor party stuff. I mean, I think we killed like three fourths of a bottle of bourbon mm. uh, before we even left the hotel. That was you know, a good our, sentence our, to finish. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like our one our one our one buddy, Mark. Um, had to leave and, you know, leave the party, leave the one bar, go and go back to the hotel. Cause I challenged him to eat a whole calzone in one bite, you know, just, just doing stupid <laughs> guy shit. So, uh, so we end up at this one, one bar, I forget what it's called at night. we're on the South side of Pittsburgh and me and my buddy, Eric, uh, stay back. You know, everybody else wants to go to the casino. Me and my buddy, Eric, who we were single at the time. Uh, met a couple of girls and we wanted to stay back and, you know, we're hanging out. So the night ends, you know, we get the girls numbers and we're on our walk back. Well, we have no fucking idea where we are because we are totally separate. And (laughs) I, I'm, I'm drunk, but Eric is beyond gone. Like (laughs) Eric is, Eric is hammered. So we're walking in the direction we think the hotel might be. Oh no! So we walk all of a sudden we see this line like outside the door. We're like, what the hell's going on? So apparently it's this like late night chili dog place. And Eric gets so excited, gets so excited. He like, I, I, I don't know. He like went back to puberty and Eric, Eric, like Eric doesn't talk and, and Eric doesn't have a very high voice. He goes back to puberty. He goes, Chad, do you want a chili dog? I want a chili dog. I want a chili dog too. <laughs> like, all right, dude, let's go get chili dogs. So we wait. And so we wait in line. We grab our chili dogs. We still have no fucking idea where we're going. So I find these two girls walking in sort of the same direction that we're going. Like, hey, do you guys know how to get to yada yada? I forget our hotel. They're like, yeah, follow us. So they get to this bridge, and this is where we have to separate. <laughs> oh, no. so, so Eric, uh, so they finally give us the directions going home. They go, er- so Eric tosses one of the chili dogs. He has two chili dogs in his head. Tosses one chili dog into the Allegheny River over the bridge. Why would you and do he that? Does, he, doesn't real, he doesn't realize he has another chili dog in his hand. 
he goes to shake the hand oh no of the, of the girl that of the girl that gave us directions she didn't grab the chili dog eric basically threw the chili dog at her and she had chili dog <laughs> a chili dog all over her shirt oh, i'm like dude we gotta go no. dude we gotta go we gotta go okay so as uh, somehow some way we end up on this like highway overpass right <laughs> and they're like oh okay so i guess we gotta cross this highway and go up this ramp and that's where our hotel is eric's like i gotta piss chad i gotta piss okay so we're in these bushes we're in the bushes on the side of this highway overpass and so i'm like yeah dude whatever fine let's go okay <laughs> and so i gotta piss too so we go in these bushes I'm like, Eric's like probably 30 feet to the left of me. Uh, and all of a sudden I hear, what the fuck? Oh, no. Some homeless man was sleeping. No. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, Eric was pissing on him. No, no. <laughs> he, oh, Eric no. was pissing. He and I just take off running. <laughs> Up the hill, and this guy didn't stop for. I think he ran out of breath finally, but he didn't stop. And we were just like, finally, we made it back to the hotel, and the night was over. So, <laughs> oh my this, was, God. this was all in the course of like a two and a half, three hour period. No. <laughs> no. Oh, oh my God. That story. I did. When did it take that turn? I don't know. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Okay. <laughs> well, terrific. note to self, do not go on a party trip to Pittsburgh with Chad. Oh, no. Now I know where I'm going. Now I know where I'm going. Uh, <laughs> there you go. There you now, go. Now I know where I'm going. So we're well, good. I'm so glad people know us better now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So we're going to wrap things up. We're going to do a new segment that we're going to wrap up our shows with. I really like this one. Spreading a little positivity in our lives. <laughs> uh, and so we're going to do our three cheers of the week. Uh, so just basically the whole premise of this is just three things that we want to salute. Three good things that happened uh, for the week. And that's how we're going to leave you until the next podcast. So uh, the first thing that I wrote down, and I think this is cool, uh, on Twitter all day today, today was uh, called... Uh, women in sports day. Mm, yeah. And you know what, as a podcast, uh, you know, I think the three of us, I can speak for all three of us on this one that um, uh, at all levels of sport, um, women have to put up with a lot of shit when they want to deal with sports. Uh, and we are, we are a supporter of the women that, that decide to put up with it. Uh, there are excellent women, broadcasters, coaches, officials, uh, and even podcasters, media members, people that we've had on this show that just do a tremendous job. If you think that women can't be a part of sports for whatever reason, you're an idiot. Uh, and so today was a day to celebrate uh, mm -hmm. just women in sports, people that uh, that are either making a living or just want to participate in the conversation of sports. They should do it more. Uh, and, and not just, they should do it more, but, uh, men everywhere should be more receptive to that. So I thought that was really cool that that was a shout out, uh, and a hashtag on Twitter day, women, women in sports day. I don't even pay attention to that. Like the hate they get anymore. And I know, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but I, I you know, I just kind of see them as, you know, uh, you know, like, like people now, like, I, I don't understand the hate. You know, like if I like if I disagree with a with a take that they have, it's not because they're oh you're you're a woman, you know nothing. I just 
disagree with a take. Like right. I, I just don't, I don't get the hate anymore. I just, I just don't. Well, I think, but, I think a couple things for me. I, I, I don't get too involved in everything. Yeah, but me neither. Me neither. There's certainly times where I'm on there and and like uh, one of the women that is very intelligent talk sports will say something and get just some crazy hate, mm-hmm. and I'll say something. And then the inevitable, I like some dudes are just so awful. The inevitable right. is like, she's not going to sleep with you. Hey, brother, I am happily married well above my, my weight class here. Like, well, like I married up uh, uh, and I am not trying to sleep with a woman on Twitter, but you don't need to be a dickhead either. Like, right. uh, it's okay to just, I, I'd say the same thing if somebody said something to Chad, <laughs> like right. it, it just, it's cool. They should be more accepted and they should, uh, you know, we, we look forward to having, we look forward to having more of these women in sports on our podcast as we've done in the past. And we'll continue to do, uh, including even though the Cavs got smoked, the final score was way farther apart than this game was, uh, one of the Cavs assistant coaches, Lindsay Gottlieb, uh, an awesome story, uh, that, uh, she sits on the bench with the Cavs and is, is a well-respected coach. So, Again, our first cheer of the week, Women in Sports Day. Joe, our second cheer of the week, I think you're going to really like this one. Uh, oh. It's been announced that there's like a, like an alcoholic dog park opening in Cleveland. Oh, like year. it has a bar in it? Yeah. I've heard of those. Those are yeah. incredible. They So I think it usually works. You pay a small cover to go in. But you'll go in, you can order from a bar, you're inside a park, your dog's running around, you can have drinks. It's like the best social opportunity, unfortunately, during a pandemic, but after the pandemic, it's like the best social opportunity for anyone with a dog that still wants to go out. Like after even like a long work day, if you're in the office, you're like, I'd love to go out, but my dog is at home and I haven't seen them all day. And it's meant for that, right? It's cool. Totally. It's so funny. I, I couldn't remember the name of the place. It's called Bark and Brew. Uh. And I, I look it up just as we're getting done with the women in sports talk. And I look it up at the first link that comes up is a link from uh, News Channel 5. And who wrote the link? Our friend Cameron Justice. Oh, look at that. So, uh, yeah, a, a place to hang out, bark and brew uh, is going to be, uh, 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 I think it's going to be downtown. And it's just going to be a place where the dogs can run around and play with each other and you can get beers and I'm telling you, if if the pandemic is over enough, you bet your ass I'm going to take this snoring little bastard next to me, Cooper, down there to the dog park, and we're going to have some beers. And it's comfortable, too. Like, Joe, I don't know about you. Oh, God, screenshot that face, Joey. Screenshot that face. <laughs> what happened? Am I frozen? Oh, no. Okay. Never mind. You're not frozen anymore. Um, <laughs> like, like your frozen, your frozen face is like this. Yeah, That's what like my normal face looks like. I have a, an awful <laughs> face. Uh, for me, like I could take Cooper places. I got a little Cavalier dog. Like he's little. I could take him anywhere and he's not going to bother anybody. Joe, it'd be sweet for people like you though. Cause you've got a, your dog is seven feet tall. Yeah. He's pretty big. It's an 80 pound golden doodle. And he's he on his, when he stands on his legs, like up, he's about like five, two, five, four, somewhere around there. He's huge. He's a tall boy. Big guy. Yeah. yeah. So anyways. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say he'd love that. Like we go to dog parks all the time, a little yeah. less now because it's cold and pandemic wise. But like every time we go, we're like, oh, my God, like we're just sitting here for a half an hour. Like I'd love to have a drink right now. 
Well, hopefully Bark and Brew is set to open this summer uh, in certain phases. So hopefully here in Cleveland, we got a place to take the dogs, have a couple beers. That's our second cheer of the week. Joe, you got our third cheer of the week. The third cheer of the week. And uh, <clears throat> I guess it's kind of cheery. It's kind of a cool idea. Man, I need water. My throat just decided. To- <laughs> there we go. All lubricated up. Um, the third cheer of the week is in New York. Some, I don't know what city. It's not a major city in New York, but they 3D printed a house for half the cost of a normal house. So the house was, it's like a two bedroom, like, I don't know, like two or 3,000 square foot house. And it was 3D printed entirely. Hmm. Costed $300,000, which is half of what houses cost in that wow. area, apparently. Oh. So how about that news? Whoa. You can just print a house in a printer and it's half the cost. Do you, have any idea, do you have any idea? Like I, I hear or see videos or whatever on 3D printing. There's nothing on this planet that makes me feel dumber than when I see that. Because I'm like, I don't get this at all. I don't understand how it works. It's yeah, I don't know. I don't understand the concept of it. It sounds amazing, but I have no idea how it works. Like every time I see like, oh, I three like people three D print like prosthetics. Yeah, like a hand. Mm-hmm. How does that work? There's um, a channel yeah. that I follow on TikTok called Unnecessary Inventions, and he makes like just like funny like gag things like like as a joke like life hack type inventions, but he three D yeah. prints them all. And like you can make you can literally make anything. I don't understand that. Yeah, I have no idea how it works, but that's super cool. And you know what? You, you uh, know that'll what? probably go to somebody. That'll probably be a really cool house in that area that goes to somebody that probably needs it at that yeah, price. Totally. Which you is know sweet. what? You know what? I came with hyperthymesia this week. I'm going to learn about 3D printing. Yeah, that's going to be my egg, be my egg of knowledge next Maybe week. Maybe that'll that'll be our first uh, major show purchase. Will be um, a three D <laughs> printer that we can all just play with. <laughs> yes, let's do it. All right, boys. So those uh, are our three cheers of the week. Uh, a couple cool things going on this week. Uh, if you've got any cheers, let us know that as well. But uh, I think that's pretty much going to wrap things up for us, guys. You got anything else before we get out of here? Yes. Oh, Joe never says yes. Yes. Joey never says yes oh, to this. Right. I do. Right. This is a fun one. <laughs> do you guys know the history of graham crackers? What? Or why they were invented? I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. No. Some mores. You, I you love them. Have, you couldn't <laughs> have added this into the hyperthymesia bit? <laughs> My brain runs a little slower, I guess. It takes me a little while to process our, our smart thoughts oh, okay. here. Does anybody? Did well, anybody so ever be learning things at the beginning? Growing up, yeah. did anybody eat graham crackers like cereal? We used to break up graham crackers and pour milk on them, and they're amazing. This is making this so much funnier. <laughs> yes, yes. So, All right, let's hear wow, it. Graham, that's like, graham is that's like that's like that's like bootleg golden grams. <laughs> yeah, DIY golden grams. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. So, yeah. graham crackers were um, created by a man named Sylvester Graham who um, he was one of 17 children and he found sexual urges were something that needed to be repressed. 
I'm sorry. So to repress what is his, happening? To repress his sexual urges uh, and self-pleasure, he created the graham cracker. And it's meant to repress your urges. No. Yes. What? Yes. Back what are you talking about? Early, early 1800s, right? And he created this whole diet. It's uh there's people that follow this guy. It's called the Graham diet and the followers were Grahamites. And one of the Grahamites was the founder of Kellogg's. So the oh, Graham. Okay. Yeah. All right. Whoa. Whoa. Uh, what? Yeah. Will Kellogg or something like that. Um, they were following this diet and they left like the, they're making graham crackers or something and left uh, some of the dough or something out for too long and got all flaky, (laughs) fake flaky and like crusty and stuff. And they added sugar to it and created uh, cornflakes. I think there's so so much of a meme that needs to go like, like a guy that's like, Mm -hmm. honey, you want to fool around? And the wife just eats a s'more and like, well, nope. And I don't know the full (laughs) details of his diet. Oh my God. I don't know the full details of this diet, but um, the, one of the articles I was reading about it stated it's like a, a bonus fact on the uh, the self pleasure graham crackers. Um, Oberlin College <laughs> at one point, oh Oberlin College went to a campus wide graham diet. No, and apparently they're incredibly strict with this graham diet. And a professor had brought uh, like black pepper to the cafeteria to just, you know, give his food some flavor because apparently food flavor uh, is fuel for sexual activity. Uh, And he was fired for bringing pepper to put on his lunch. Okay. (laughs) What is happening? Practice safe sex. Practice safe sex, kids. Nope. Here's graham crackers. I must I must have missed that dare class. Oh my god. All right. Okay. What is happening with Graham? Like Jesus Christ. Hold on, guys. I'll be right back. I'm immediately going to throw away any graham crackers. <laughs> it really makes you not want to have a graham cracker again. I'm immediately going to throw a, away graham crackers. Like teddy grams? Is, I, is little teddy bears? Yeah. I'm in a pretzel right now. That's it's weird. It's, I don't know. I just like it's like like it's like he took it's like he went to it's like <laughs> it's like he went to Freud. It's like he went to Freud and was like, "Listen, it's not the parents, okay? It's not the parents. <laughs> What's going to help you?" Let, let me just let me just read a sentence <laughs> from this article. Real quick. He said, um, uh, "By some combination of pseudoscience and faith, he, meaning Sylvester Graham." concluded that a vegetarian diet consisting of fruits, vegetables, limited <laughs> dairy, and bland starches would result in end in lustful or would result in an end to lustful behavior. Holy so this shit. dude is thinking he can just change and create this whole diet plan. So you don't have lustful behavior. Uh, but he ended up dying at 57. So that didn't really work out super well for him. Just severely oh, back. He had a severe backup of lust. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> oh my god, I love graham crackers. What the hell? Oh boy, you're yeah. never going to be able to eat them the same again. Okay, so then the question becomes: Is it worth it? <laughs> it's, it's just another decision you got to make in everyday life, right there. Another choice we have to balance. <laughs> the choices we make. <laughs> and then uh, the scores. Yeah. 
All the right. More you, the, the more you know. The, the more, more you, you know. know. Okay. Woo-hoo. I'm ending this shit right now because that can't happen. Uh, special thank you goes out. Corey Fuller, former Cleveland Brown, joined us for a little bit earlier in this podcast. Thank you to Corey Fuller for jumping on with us, talking a little Browns football at his time with the Browns. Uh, boys, uh, this has been a blast. Joey down in Nashville, go follow him at Garage Beers Joe. Uh, go follow Chad at Garage Beers Chad. For those guys, I am Michael Keefe at Garage Beers. Mike, follow the show at the Garage Beers on Twitter and Instagram. Go find our uh, TikTok page. We're having a good time with that. I got to make a video right now for this Cavs game that they lost. Uh, and uh, follow our Instagram as well. But for Chad and Joey, I'm Michael Keefe saying thank you for joining us here on episode 50 of the Garage Bears podcast. We'll see you next week for episode 51. Cheers, everybody. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom, and a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.